Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. We're bringing in Dave to continue this conversation with Key and I. You know, Key. Yo. Dave kind of went off. I already feel Dave's energy on this one. He, he felt my energy. Do you believe the Giants should get the benefit of the doubt from the New York fan base? As an organization, no, I don't. But I would say, you know, it, it goes – I go back and forward because I still believe that they have some players on the team. Like, I think they got some talent. I look at frontline, top-end talent that they've acquired, whether it's through free agency or the draft. I don't know about Joe Judge. I, do, I just don't know what I'm getting there. I don't know if it's his staff. I don't know if it's the fake tough guy image. Hmm. I just don't know. But I understand the Giant fans and people in New York really don't like or can't stand Dave Gettleman. But for me, I still think he got some pieces that a coach could work with and turn things around. I personally have been in a situation when I was with the New York Jets. We had pieces. We went 1 and 15. The next year we were 9 and 7. We should have been 10 and 6. We lose to Detroit. If we beat Detroit, we go to the playoffs a year later. A year after that, we go to the AFC Championship game. We're up 10-0 looking to the Super Bowl, and it wasn't a major overhaul on the talent side. It was the right coach. And I just think that that's what the Giants may have. Dave Rothenberg joining us here as well. Dave, are, are, are the Giants having their, their worst stretch here in franchise history? Like, are, are we at that point that we're discussing at this degree if it's the worst stretch in franchise history? Well, that's what's so pathetic, isn't it? That, that we can actually sit here and, and it's, uh, it's not laughable. Like you say, is this the worst stretch in franchise history? I will say no. Now, it's under the microscope more than it's ever been. And, and I don't think the Giants fan hears this. They're like, oh, this is great news. It's terrible. <laughs> We know all the numbers and the stats. They haven't been above 500 since since 2016. They've had they've had five straight years, guys. It is mind numbing to think they've had five straight years where they haven't been above 500. And you watch them and they're lousy. But chew on this for a second. The Giants went to the championship game in 1963 and yeah. didn't go back to the playoffs till Lawrence Taylor's rookie season of 1981. Yeah, that's so 64-80 season. They only had two winning yeah. seasons, which is crazy. So 64-80, to 80, they were irrelevant in the NFL. So we're not there because a decade ago they were winning a Super Bowl and they've won two in the last 15 years. That being said, under the microscope, the way you are this day and age, and, and you know what troubles me so much is that it's not easy to be bad for so long. Like, the, all we talk about in the NFL is parity, and there's so much parity. And every, I think 24 of the 32 teams have six or more wins right now, and the Giants and the Jets are two of the eight that do not. And the Giants have picked second and fourth and sixth and 12th and 19th, and they stand, Keyshawn says, I think they have talent. How could you pick this high every single season and not definitively say it? So I love them. But, my God, am I disgusted with them right now. I mean, Dave, but they do have talent, right? You think about 
you know, Kadarius Tony. You think about Saquon Barkley, even though he's been hindered by injuries. You think about the talent that they have acquired. It is. It just. It feels like it never comes to fruition with the coaching that we have. It feels like these conversations that are coming from the top down, from John Mara and the people he puts in positions to help this franchise move forward as it relates to coaching the intricacies of the game. He just can't get right. No, and that's with, and that's what I'm saying, Dave. Is is when you look at Kadarius Tony, or you look at Shepard or you look at Ingram, or you look at Hernandez, or you look at Thomas, or you look at Saquon Barkley and, and, and Kenny Galladay. They got a, a defensive side, Darnay Holmes or, or Leonard Williams. They got some pieces. I just don't know if they got the right guy pushing the button to get the most out of those pieces. But isn't that a problem? I mean, they basically have just given him a vote of confidence. And for what reason? I mean, he sits here. Key, you hear what he says. He says after the game on Sunday, they trailed 37-7 to in the fourth quarter. And they scored two of the most meaningless touchdowns you'll ever see in your life. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, they responded and nobody quit. And I looked them in the eye and I could tell that these are guys that want to be out there. You can because I, I watch every single game from beginning to end, and I'm not saying Joe Judge doesn't know more than me, but I don't he see that. He doesn't know more than you. I can tell you that now. But just, Dave, <laughs> Dave, I mean, that's a Dave Gettleman situation. Once again, that name just keeps ringing bells, doesn't it? And that's a coach. You know what that is, though? That's a coach who's defeated, who doesn't really have any answers and doesn't want to say the wrong thing. So he says what he thinks the people want to hear, which is, they're fighting. They didn't quit. So he's he's setting it up basically for the next guy. If there's a next guy to come in, he's setting it up perfect for him. Hmm. Key, Dave, I, I want to get into something that Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News wrote the other day, that the Giants should shut down Daniel Jones for the rest of the season. The Giants already were prioritizing Jones' long-term health by holding him out a third straight game on Sunday with the Cowboys visiting MetLife Stadium. Leonard says now is the time to stop hoping for good news after these weekly checkups. If they shut Daniel Jones down, the question is, Dave, I'll start with you. Have we seen the last game as a giant for Daniel Jones? Are you ready to do say I that? Think, do I think we have? No. Do I think I wish I could say yes to that answer? Listen, we say on our show all the time, if you don't know, then the answer is probably you don't, you don't have it. And – what have you seen from Daniel Jones? Year one, he gave you a couple moments where, well, you look pretty good, got hurt. Year two, he, he took a, a regression, got hurt. Year three, he looks like he's taken another, another step in the wrong direction, and guess what happens again? He gets hurt. So a t- couple things. A, I don't know that he's all that good to begin with, and B, the theme of his early stages of his career is he's always hurt. So you couple those two things together, and I don't know how you can come back with him. The only thing that I'll say, Keyshawn, is, you know, there's not great quarterbacks in this draft. So unless you're going to go really mortgage a lot of your draft capital to bring in a Russell Wilson or bring in Jimmy Garoppolo as a stopgap guy, what, what are you supposed to do this offseason if you're the Giants? But see, I'll stop you right there. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a, a stopgap guy. I wish people would just watch him play football all his games and watch him. He's really good, man. He is really good. That would be a major upgrade from Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, and you, your question is, have we seen the last of him in a Giants uniform? Based on his injury history, 
I think they get a guy who beats him out, whether it's most likely it'll be a veteran guy who mm-hmm. is that Jimmy Garoppolo, is that uh, Marcus Mariota, is that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. I think that is what they're going to wind up doing. It may not be a Russell Wilson because you got to mortgage the farm off, but it's more like a Jimmy Garoppolo type. And that guy will be the guy. And they will keep Daniel Jones as a backup and let him mature into such due time as he can move on, a la Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota. Remember, Ryan Tannehill eventually took over for Marcus Mariota, but it wasn't 18 games into the season. It was like two weeks into the season, and they realized this dude can't play for us. And I think that's what you're going to get with Daniel Jones moving forward. Yeah, See, I believe Pat Leonard here, guys. I, I, I think it should be it. And my thing is, first off, I don't want to jeopardize anything health-wise with your neck. I want to make sure that you are in the best possible position that when the season is over, you're healthy because you're an asset. And, Dave, he's an asset that needs to be utilized. I'm even wondering, is, you know, Saquon Barkley an ad- asset with him in order to get the right quarterback here? If you, would you give up that in the draft pick for Russell Wilson? Well, well here, here's my question, and this is a sad testament to where the Giants are right now. If you're running another team and I dangle Saquon Barkley, how, I mean, is that really ultimately that attractive? I mean, I'm not saying he's not talented. I think he's a good player, and I think, but running backs are so disposable in this league. You're you're going to really give up a. If I give you a one and, and Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley, you're going to say, all right, take Russell Wilson. No, like teams want more than that. Daniel, look at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold just brought in a two. I don't think teams are going to jump off to to try to get a guy that has been underperforming and and has never really reached what he's wanting to get to. And then Saquon Barkley, yeah, he had a great rookie year. He's ultimately very talented, but he's been hurt consistently in his his last couple of years as well. So I don't know how much equity there is in, in trading those two guys at this point. And, Key, I know yeah, you've been on I the fringe. About... I think there's yeah. a lot of equity okay. in trading those really? two guys. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because there's always a fool. <laughs> there's always one that says, you know, I always like that Saquon Barkley, and we got a good offensive line. If we could just keep him healthy. You know, I always like that Daniel Jones – if we can just figure out how to manage his situation and, and our expectations with him at quarterback, you know, I'm, I might be able to do something with that. David does sound like a pretty nice deal if you're looking for a team that's going through a rebuild. Like if you are Good. talking about Seattle and uh, decent, I mean, if Pete Carroll, if, let's say hypothetically he's not sure he wants to be around anymore. And if you're Seattle, you're saying, all right, it's time for us to go through it. Like it does seem like those are two interesting pieces along with the draft pick that could really start – your franchise. Can I suggest a trade? Can I hijack the segment here quickly? Of course. All right, here, here we go. All right, Key, so you you are running Seattle right now. I offer you my better number one, because I have Chicago's in mind, my, my better number one, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. In return, I want Russell Wilson. You doing it? Probably going to do it because I don't believe that Russell Wilson has what you think he has left in the tank. And I also know that his success was predicated on the way that we did things early on. And we went to those Super Bowls. And I know it wasn't about Russell Wilson as much as it was about my defense. I don't believe that Russell Wilson is the guy that you believe. So I probably would do something like that. I would do it, Dave. That's not a question for me. I would do it, too. I would do it. I would take Russell Wilson in a heartbeat. So now I keep, I keep a, a, a top 10 selection and I bring in – and, and I think here's the disconnect, right, Key, is you just don't think he's that great anymore. It sounds like Jay and I still are big fans of Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, and so uh, you got to remember, 
I know more about him because I'm Seattle than you do. So you think one thing because you listening to all the stuff in the media and this, that, and the other. I see him every single day, and I've seen him every single day his entire career. And I know that he wasn't the reason we went to two Super Bowls. It so was the, my defense. So, Nakia, if, if that's the reason, why would you be – why would you be a little bit you know, apt to give him up then if he wasn't the reason, if you know you can move on, if you can? No, no, no. I said I would oh, give him up. That's what I said. I said, I'm Seattle, and if you came to me with that proposal, I would probably take that. Maybe I'd try to get a third-round pick because I'm trying to get as much as I can because you're so convinced that he's the guy for you that I'm going to try and just suck blood out of you till you dry. At some point, you're going to say, well, it's too pricey. But I'm going to get past that one of them two players. You're going to give me a little bit more because you're so infatuated. You're in love with Russell Wilson. You don't understand our program. I do because it's my building. Dave, thanks for sticking around with us. We'll talk to you next week. That's Dave Rothenberg from Rothenberg and DePierre on Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. With more than 30 unique coverage options available, Progressive knows small businesses. Learn about Learn more about ProgressiveCommercial.com. Let's get to some QBs who are actually playing in Week 15. Dave, thanks again, man. appreciate you. You've got questions, and we've got options. Take your pick. Let's get it, Ev. All right, take your picks. Brought to you by Napa. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery and curbside pickup to getting involved in local communities, that's Napa know-how. Let's start. Stay in New York. Two young quarterback, Zach Wilson, Tua Tungavailoa. Key, take your pick. Zach Wilson, Tua Tungavailoa. You have to think about it. I'm going to take Tua. No, I just had to think about it. (laughs) Calm down. I'm going to take Tua in this situation. I think when you look at the young quarterback, he certainly has been playing better of late. The Miami Dolphins are on a roll right now with him at quarterback. And Zach Wilson, what is he? Are you going to be satisfied with Zach Wilson next year? Are you going to be satisfied with him the year after? I don't believe so as New York Jet fans. They're going to probably pull their hair out, continuing to watch this young man play while Tua cook. Yeah, I, I go with Tua here. That completion percentage is one of the highest we've had in the history of the league. It's ridiculous what he's been able to do the last six games. I think he's really coming into his own. I give him a lot of credit considering all the Deshaun Watson talk before. And if you watch Zach Wilson against the Saints, I mean, he's just throwing the ball all over the place. I, a lot of questions around will he be the guy in the future for – for the Jets, considering he was the top draft pick for them. I mean, he's in a bad position. I take Tua easily. All right. I don't like that answer. Sorry. That's okay. Ryan Tannehill, Ben Roethlisberger, take your pick. I'm going to take I, – I, I, I took Pittsburgh in the game, but I'm going to take the quarterback in Ryan Tannehill to have a better game. I believe they're getting healthier at the skill position, uh, skill position players. But Ben Roethlisberger just, you know, he just can't get out of his own way. The front seven of Tennessee is a tough front seven. They know how to rush the passer. It seems like to me that Ryan Tannehill would be the favorite as far as who's going to have the better game at quarterback. Games at home, I don't know. The way I saw Big Ben play in his last game, he was he was throwing that thing. It was, it was a different Big Ben. Their offense was actually the one that was keeping them in the ball game. I, I, Keith, there's something about Ryan Tannehill where, look, I, I know when they get Julio Jones back, when they get A.J. Brown, you know, if, if they get Derrick Henry, they have a chance to, to go deep. But do you, do you trust Ryan Tannehill? Do you trust him? 
I trust him enough in, in this game. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. All right. Joe Burrow, Teddy Bridgewater, take your pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with Teddy Bridgewater in this situation. I don't know that the secondary is great in Cincinnati. I think that the Denver Broncos have a better secondary. Although Cincinnati and Joe Burrow certainly have some skill position players in Higgins and Chase and Boyd that can put some pressure on you. But the secondary in Denver is slightly better, and I think. Teddy Bridgewater can slice and dice and do exactly what he's always done, which is win football games and put up solid numbers. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I just think it's time that we put Cincinnati in that conversation that they need to win this division. They have the talent. Um, Obviously, a lot of teams are depleted here. You talk about Lamar Jackson. You think about the Browns, what they're going through with their COVID situation. You think about the Steelers. They're struggling to hold on, even though Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Joe Burrow has to be that guy. And these are the moments as a top draft pick, this is what you want. Uh, you want the ball to be in your hands. We talked about the ball being taken out of his hands down the stretch. I don't think Zach Taylor is going to make that same decision, and this is the first game to start that. All right. We talked about Russell Wilson a lot this segment. Talked about him playing for the Giants. He still does play for the Seahawks. They play the Rams. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, take your pick. I'm going to take Matthew Stafford. This game, where where is this game at anyway? In L.A., Key. Oh, yeah, it's indoors, so we don't have to worry about the weather. It's indoors. They're at home. Matthew Stafford got his act together a week ago. The Rams seem like they, they want to compete now for the division. And the Seattle Seahawks are just treading water right now. And, and Russell hasn't played well this year for the most part. And so why not go with Matthew? I'm going to go with Stafford. I mean, that bomb that he threw to Van Jefferson in their last game against the Cards was just incredible. And they beat the Cards without Jalen Ramsey. So, I, look, you need to hold down the fort. You can't get a big-time win like that, and then we start taking you seriously and you drop one at home to the Seahawks. I'm betting on Matthew Stafford on this one. All right, we're playing Take Your Pick on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. i got to find the next one. I, I lost my list, guys. I got you. All right, so if you have it, Jay, pick me up. Let's go. Yeah, I got it. Key, Tom Brady versus the Saints D. Tom Brady. Easy. <laughs> Not even a question. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Brady and, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette. And, and, and the Saints defense isn't as great as we wanted them to be because we pushed them up a lot. And they're not as good as I think they're advertised. And Tom Brady knows how to play against the Saints. They're not at their, you know, they're not great right now. And so I'm taking Tom Brady. I am going to take Tom Brady, but Brady has lost to the Saints last time they played and is 1-3 against them since joining the Bucks, including an 0-3 in the regular season. There's something about Sean Payton and the defensive schemes that they come up with, Key. Yes, it makes sense, practical sense, to bet on Tom Brady. But this, this D, I'm not talking about Taysom Hill. It's, the question was the defense, and uh, defense is still pretty damn good. Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, Saturday night football. Key, take your pick. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. I'm going to take Carson Wentz, although Bill Belichick will take away the running game and Michael Pittman Jr. Wentz will have a better game than Mac Jones just for the simple fact I didn't pick them to win. I'm only picking Carson Wentz. I picked New England to win, but when we were talking about the two quarterbacks, Mac Jones is not going to throw the ball nearly all over the lot the way that Carson Wentz is. So, look, I, I'm, I picked the Colts to win, and I'll take Carson Wentz. Obviously, for all the reasons Key just said about Bill Belichick isn't going to let Mac Jones throw the ball all, all, all over the place. I think that Carson Wentz will have to do more considering that Pat's defense will take away Jonathan Taylor. But if Jonathan Taylor is able to get going and that opens up the field even more so for Carson Wentz, watch out. The Colts win this one at home. All right, we got one more. We got a battle of 
injured MVPs. Aaron Rodgers with the toe, Lamar Jackson with the ankle. Take your pick, Key. Key, is the toe really, really an injury? <laughs> did you really just say that? An injury. That toe ain't no injury, man. It's just that a dude, distraction. That dude, that dude put on a little, <laughs> put on a sock, cut the sock out, let the toe hang out a little bit. He's fine. Dude had been balling since he introduced the world to his feet. I think it's more of an issue for Lamar Jackson and that ankle. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers, no questions asked. No doubt about it. I'm taking A.A. Ron. Um, you know, as much as we talk about this toe, and cheers to you, Pat McAfee. I mean, every single week is something else we're talking about. But he's just been balling out. I mean, wait, he's throwing for over 600 yards in his past three games, three straight games of 300 yards or more, 10 touchdowns, barely any turnovers. The guy's just on a different level. And like I said earlier, the best asset for Lamar Jackson – are his legs and that ankle injury that worries me for a guy that needs to be Superman every game for a roster that's already depleted. All right. Good job, Evan. We pick each other up. That was take your pick. We'll continue to talk about week 15 guys as the show moves on, but coming up, Trevor Lawrence wanted the drama to end in Jacksonville and it did. So what coach will Trevor want next? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Beautiful day here in New York. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams with you here. The big news yesterday was Urban Meyer being fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're thrilled to be joined by Jags three-time All-Pro tackle Tony Baselli on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, T. How you doing, Tony? Good morning. What's up? What's happening, Tebow? <laughs> Key, what's going on, man? Oh, nothing nothing much trying to figure out what the hell y'all got going on down in Jacksonville. Well, if you figure it out, let me know. Well, Tony, <laughs> give us some insight on that, man. What's your reaction, first off, to Urban Meyer being fired? Um, I'm a little bit surprised at the timing. I, I did not think that I didn't, I didn't think Shad would do it during the year. I mean, Shad is a very patient owner. Um, this was his hire. So a lot of, a lot, not just money invested, but a lot of emotion invested into it. And so I thought at least he'd let it get through the season and then kind of sit back and evaluate it. But I think it just, you know, the hits kept on coming. And it got to the point where it was borderline ridiculous. And I think the time was, you know, he just, I think he felt like he had no choice. Um, ultimately, I think he probably would have done that to the end of the year. 
if the Lambo stuff of him kicking Josh Lambo didn't become public, you know, if a number of other things didn't start brewing to the top of, you know, brewing up, I still think he probably wouldn't have made it past, I mean, into next year, but it was earlier than I thought. What, was it the right call, Tebow? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Was it ever. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he – it wasn't working. I mean, I said it Monday on a, a show I do uh, here, just local uh, hit. The whole thing's broken. I mean, it's, it was broken. He was broken. It, w- it was a problem. I was never a huge fan of the hire from the start. I mean, history tells you guys who've never been in the NFL and come straight from college don't have success as head coaches. I, I thought his style and kind of how he approached what I'd known about him, and you know, you know, not most people didn't have real positive things to say of who he was as a person. So I just didn't think it was going to work. And then you could see early, even stuff that wasn't public in the building, and just how things were going that it was going to be a bumpy ride. Um, you know, that coupled the fact they're not that they're not very talented. Um, I, I just didn't see it working long term. You you kind of know the pulse of Jacksonville, the team, the locker room, all those sort of things. How do you think the locker room is going to respond to the offensive coordinator and Daryl Bevel being named the interim head coach for the last you know quarter of the season? Is it something that could ignite them and show much? You know, they could show much better play. Key, they might win by a hundred this weekend. I mean, they're going to play the best guy. You watch; they'll score more points. This will be the best game they play all year. I think. The, I think it's a. I think it was a weight lifted off the locker room. I mean, you could even hear Shaq Griffin yesterday make comments about, you know, it not being about one guy and it shouldn't be about one guy and this is we're all in this together. I mean, you know, comments started coming out. Trevor started talking about drama. You know, I, I think it's a. I think everyone in the locker room is like, finally, like, get him out of here. Let's focus on just playing football. And I, I really do think they're going to play their best game. I think they win, and I think they probably win easily against the Texans but because I think they're going to play freer. A little bit, they'll be, have a little bit of swagger and be loose. Tony, it was that toxic? Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was a bad situation. It was a bad building. It was, you know, it was – he openly, he openly, like, took no, – like, threw guys under the bus in the media – and he did in a way that, like, if you weren't around it, you guys would have picked up on it. You'd be like, oh, he's just, you know, deferring to his coaches. It wasn't bad. I mean, he, was, he would throw, you know, there was, he never took accountability for anything and pushed it off to everyone else. And, and you guys have been in locker rooms. When you, you're a player and you see your head coach doing that, you're like, man, I have no respect. It's like, what are we doing? And it, it was just a consistent – I mean, those are just little things, but there was a bunch of that um, – where guys weren't buying in, and I think guys had had enough. Well, that's so clearly. To- so clearly, this was totally different than t- when you played for Tom Coughlin. Totally different. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Like Tom was, like Tom was like miserable to play for, and I wanted to, like we all wanted to kill Tom at times. But even when we hated him, we respected him because Tom Coughlin was consistent. Tom Coughlin never threw anyone under the bus. Like it was all of us. Like he he ripped everyone equally, regardless who you were. And and he was and like no one, like whatever he said, he lived up to. And you might not like it, and you might not wanted to deal with it, and you might have thought the rules were stupid. But he was consistent. Like I woke up every day as a player for Tom Coughlin, and knew exactly what to expect, and I knew we'd be prepared. 
I knew we'd be ready to play any game, and I knew we'd be tough and we'd mentally tough, physically tough, just because our approach and who he was. And so, guys were would, he would drain guys at times, and and ultimately he had to change as the as, as the game changed, and he did in New York, and he went through both. But we had a bunch of success here in Jacksonville with him, and because he's a good football coach, I don't think Urban's a great football coach. I think Urban's a great recruiter, which is the key thing to do in college. Um, but he. he Urban Meyer and Tom Coughlin have nothing in common. Nothing. Mm. It's five-time All-Pro tackle, former Jaguars, Tony Baselli, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Tony, I have one last question for you. You know, Urban's record in college is 187-32 and 32 with three national championships. Uh, how good of a fit would it be for Urban if he went back to the college football game? I don't know how, um, I don't know how a – AD can walk into the president's office and say they want to hire Urban Meyer after what after what transpired in Jacksonville. I mean, you had this, you know, him not going back with the team, getting caught, um, doing some interesting, uh, you know, hand play <laughs> with a uh, <laughs> someone who's not his wife and was much younger, um, and then him basically getting, you know, not basically, got caught lying about the situation because before the second video came out, um, to the reports of kicking a player. You know, the way he talked to players, the way he handled it. I mean, I, I don't know how you would go in. You know, not a major not a major program. Like, Notre Dame never, was never going to hire him after what he was going on. Uh, so, I think, he, I, think he, I think he has a long road, and I think he, he hurt his credibility and maybe his legacy. Now, the legacy part, people will forget about this long term because of what he did in college. But this stink's going to be on him for a while. Hmm. So who who now, uh, Tony? Who who takes over? Who's the candidate? Yeah. Who should be the guy in Jacksonville to ride the ship and turn things around? Key, it's a great question. I mean, the first thing is, like, just don't even look at the college ranks. <laughs> like, just ignore whatever's happening in college, first of all. Um and I would have a wide open mind, but if it was me, I'm leaning toward, I need a guy who's been a head coach in the NFL before, because I need someone who has, who's an adult who can come in here and get the culture right and get things back on, uh, you know, on track, you know, so I, I, you know, and there's, you know, I think of a guy like a, a Todd Bowles. Now Todd Bowles, I'd be worried about bringing in because I need an offensive minded guy. So Todd Bowles better have a great offensive plan for who he's going to bring in to, to deal with Trevor Lawrence you know, Jim Caldwell, you know, who's like, just, you need like an adult. And there's a bunch of guys you could go down the list that had been head coaches before and have um, credibility that are going to walk into a locker room, have the character and are going to be able to put together a, a good staff. Cause everything needs to be done around Trevor Lawrence at this point. In Kid, my opinion. Would you, Tony, it's, would you, would you think about this though? Would you think about Byron Leftwich with a guy like Jim Caldwell being his offensive coordinator, if Jim was to do something like he did, was going to do in Miami? Um, yeah, I'd be open to it. Like I, 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 like I know Byron from his Jacksonville days. I like Byron a lot, um, a lot. Here's my question. Like if I was interviewing Byron, I'd want to really dig into is not that Byron's a mature dude, but is he, I mean, when I say maturity, being a head coach is different. It's different than being a coordinator. Like just because you're a good coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach. And are you ready to step in, in into a tough situation where you got to rebuild a culture 
and you got to repair some things that the last guy messed up. You know, is, is that is Byron ready for that? Now, if he if his game plan was to come into with a guy like Jim Caldwell or a veteran who's done it before, that'd make me feel better. Um, but that'd be my big question, Key, and I and I'm a huge fan of Byron. I think Byron will be a good head coach in this league. I'm just not sure is this the right situation for a guy who's never done it before. That'd be my concern. That's five-time All-Pro tackle, former Jaguars, Tony Baselli. Tony, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you, Tebow. All right, T-Bay. Anytime, guys. See you guys. See you, Key. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, could he handle all that pressure, Key, for Byron Leftwich? Could he manage all of it? That's the question. Has one NFL quarterback played his final game with his current team? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn J. Will Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Evan. This is your time to shine. Let's go. Let's go. Take it or shake it. Brought to you by Granger. Daniel Jones has played his last game for the Giants. Take it or shake it, Key. Take it. Take it. I do think Daniel Jones has played his last game as a New York Giant. Um, I don't see him coming back this season. He's banged up. I see him moving on from him, whether it's bringing in a veteran quarterback to somewhat compete with him, but yet and still – trying to acquire something that's a better fit for what they want to do moving forward. Yeah, I'm with you, Key. It's um, as much as I root for my guy, he's a Duke guy. I get it. Uh, I wanted to see him be successful. It just hasn't panned out. He's always been injured. And the reality right now is you have to keep him out if you're Dave Gettleman, allow him to get rested up, heal up on that neck, and you use him as a trading asset along with other pieces on the Giants to get the right quarterback. And you also have to have an overhaul from the coaching perspective sooner or later. The Chiefs won last night at SoFi Stadium. The Chiefs will play one more game at SoFi Stadium this year. Take it or shake it. Side of the Super Bowl, by the way. Mm. Take it. Take it. I think they are the top of the, the class right now, despite not being the number one seed. I still think that they're a much better football team right now than some of the other ones. I know the New England Patriots' big game is coming up this weekend, and it's going to be a huge factor on whether or not I switch up on them next week, depending on how they play against the Colts. But right now, 
is certainly the Kansas City Chiefs that I think is going to be back in L.A. playing their third game. I'll take it to Kansas City. I'm all about them. Um, look, I didn't think their defense could turn it around. I know Max Kellerman did. I know Key, you did. But watching them last night on so many fourth downs where he just got big stops. And then obviously once the game got into overtime, you knew that Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, they were going to take over the game. So the questionable decisions by Brandon Staley, but at the end of the day, Kansas City, they're going to be that team. And I think the Pats are really good. I just have more trust in Patrick Mahomes to get it done. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert is the next great quarterback rivalry in the NFL. Take it or shake it. Take that. Um, take it. Take it. Yeah, because there's going to be a couple of them, but I think this was a good one. I, I like the Justin Herbert, obviously. He looks really good, throws the ball with zip, you know, big old tall uh, drink of water. He knows how to do certain things, gets him in and out of bad plays, into good plays. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But, yes, this is one of the, I would say, six sort of quarterback duels that we'll see over the next 10 years in the league. I'll take that all day long. There is so much good money I would pay to watch these two players play. And the reality for me is that there's not too many differences between them with the exception of one just having more experience than the other and the other being 6'6", 6'5". So, look, they're not far off. We're going to watch some incredible battles from the QB position from both these guys. They are the future of the league. He's really tall. Really tall. The Jaguars line this week opened at three against – Three-point favorites? uh, Yeah, against the Texans. It moved – to five, five and a half at some sports books after Urban Meyer was fired. So, Urban Meyer was worth two points for the other team as an NFL head coach. Take it or shake it. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to this. Take it! Take it! I mean, we just had Tony Baselli on, and Tony Baselli told you how toxic the environment was. So, clearly, he was holding them down. From the greatness, he also said they're going to score 100 points now that Dura Bevel is calling the plays without somebody thumb on his neck. It hasn't worked out for them long term, but once John Gruden was fired, didn't the Raiders win two games in a row mm-hmm. after that? It just seemed like there was this lift of bad juju, bad energy on his team. And it, the way Tony Pacelli described it, um, yeah, I, I would take that for the Jags. I think the Jags are going to cover. We had uh, Luke Fickle on yesterday. Cincinnati, an underdog against Alabama in the college football playoff. Celebratory moment of the week is brought to you by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate championship savings for the win. So an underdog will win in the college football playoff. That's Michigan or Cincinnati. Take it or shake it, Key. Shake it! Shake it! it. Yeah, Michigan Michigan plays Georgia. If they beat Georgia, they, they're not beating Alabama. But will they? But will they beat Georgia, though? No, too? no, no. An underdog will win a game in the college oh, winning football game. Win a game. Oh, uh, no. Because Michigan, Michigan ain't going to beat Georgia. Are they underdogs to Georgia? Yes, yes. They're the higher seed. They're the two seed. But in Vegas, they are an underdog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they, it, they're not going to beat Georgia, and then Cincinnati's not beating Alabama. Yeah, Cincinnati's not, definitely not beating Alabama. And I would say Michigan's had one hell of a season – but conditions were perfect for them to beat the Ohio State University. Were perfect, snowing, cold, all that in conjunction. So somebody, somebody told me to shut up on social media because I picked Ohio State. They told me I didn't yeah. know anything about football. Yeah, 
I like to tell you you don't know anything about football, but that's for other reasons. All right. <laughs> Take It or Shake It is brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Guys, we've got about 30 seconds. One more here. Steph Curry will always be considered the best three-point shooter ever, even if somebody breaks his record. Take it or don't shake it. Don't want to ever break his record. I take it. Take it. Yeah. Uh, he's, it's the way he does it, Evan. The way he shoots over half court, the way he razzle-dazzles with the ball. I mean, we just, we've never seen anybody do it the way he's done it, Key. Key, is he the most likable NBA player right now? I mean, other than Giannis, who else is more likable? No, he's the most likable NBA player for sure. Even with all, like, the mouthpiece and the shimmies and all he's that a, stuff? Yeah. That's a cool dude. He's, he's not a big He's not a big, intimidating-looking athlete. He's just a normal-sized guy. That's cool. All right. Chiefs or the field in the AFC? We'll tell you our answer next. KJM on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.